hopes and prayers of long agonizing months come true in Freedom Village as the first red-held prisoners of war, bodies scarred by their cruel ordeal, reach the sanctuary of friendly South Korean soil. Weary, dazed, thankful, many laugh, some cry on their return to freedom. Tension, joy, and tragedy grip Freedom Village as Operation Big Switch proceeds. For left behind are 2,000 Americans who perished in forced marches or died of cold exposure and neglect in Death Valley, the big red camp on the Yalu. The spirit of the South Korean soldiers who fought so gallantly to preserve their brave republic is undimmed. A tough little rock soldier returns with a sign written in his own blood, the communists did not win. Broken in mind by the Reds' brutal treatment, some POWs do not realize how sick they are. But eager hands are ready to help the men whose faces are drawn, eyes weary, and actions listless and automatic. All have paid freedom's price. At Monsan, surly communist prisoners are shuffled toward United Nations vehicles, many of them sullenly defiant, on the last leg of their journey to the exchange site at Panmunjom. Aboard the trucks, in a final taunt, the Reds scream, sing, and shout curses at their captors. Tearing, slashing, throwing away the uniforms provided by the UN, the POWs, including litter cases, make a final show of hate as they vanish behind the Iron Curtain. The roads and ditches near Panmunjom are littered with discarded clothes, shoes, and crutches. At the UN processing tents, the freed allied soldiers tell grim stories of beatings and torture and starvation. Later, they can receive communion and join with chaplains in offering thanks to God in this hour of deliverance. Someday, perhaps, time will erase the nightmare of their captivity. royal family is off on a summer holiday in Scotland. At the Ballater Railroad Station, where they'll switch to automobile, even the royal dogs are enjoying the trip. The Queen and Little Princess Anne are welcomed by the Marquis of Aberdeen. Snappy military honors are paid to the Queen and youngsters, while Bonnie Prince Charlie, the man of the family this trip, bids Lord Aberdeen farewell. So off to Balmoral Castle for a country vacation go Elizabeth and the kids. Closed by death, Pierre St. Martin's cave in the French Pyrenees is being probed again by a hardy crew of explorers who knew Marcel Lubens, the man who lost his life here a year ago. Pack animals must carry the complicated equipment needed to penetrate Europe's deepest known cave. Recent explorations have opened up a new hole under Spanish territory, and watertight frogman outfits are necessary for those who would venture into its depths. give added speed for swimming under submerged ledges. Ready for the underground, the speleologists, as they're called, paddle into the cave on the first part of their hazardous descent. Adventure, danger, lie below for those who explore the murky depths. In the dignified hall to the Japanese diet, both the weather and the members are running warm during debate on a military measure. Premier Yoshida tells the lawmakers that Japan's national safety forces are going to remain unmilitarized. 
Chairman Ozaki tries to call a recess, but it seems the committee doesn't want to recess. Enraged opposition members are voting no confidence in their chairman, but outlying precincts are still to be heard from. It looks like liberals and progressives have reached an impasse. By the way, whatever happened to Chairman Ozaki, who only wanted to adjourn? The All-American Soapbox Derby at Akron, Ohio, prepares to get underway with 153 young Americans competing. They're off in homemade cars built in the cellars, garages, and backyards of every state in the Union. Hometown papers and an automobile firm sponsor the annual classic, and Isaac Newton's theories of gravity never got a harder workout. The final heat, with a college scholarship worth several thousand dollars riding on the nose of the winning car, whizzing towards the finish line. The winner, 14-year-old Freddie Moeller of Muncie, Indiana. The final round of the World Championship of Golf finds Chandler Harper battling for the $25,000 first prize with Lou Washam, the 1947 United States Open King. Al Veselink is putting brilliantly as he tries to overhaul the leaders. Washam, too, is playing the tricky Tam greens perfectly in his bid for the richest prize in golf. But Harper still leads as he hits toward the green on the last hole. A magnificent shot. Relaxed and confident, he sinks his putt for a birdie three. With a winner's jackpot seemingly in his pocket, he lobs the ball toward the fringe of the green, where several youngsters scramble after it. And then accepts congratulations on the victory. Washam must hold out a miracle shot to win. And he does. A fantastic 140-yard approach shot, one of the most spectacular finishes in golf history, turns defeat into victory for lucky Lou Washam.